Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Chris Cast. I am your host, Chris. This week, I will be reviewing School Ties from 1992, a story about an eel-powered Christmas tree, an HIV vaccine possibly on the way. But first, very sad news this week. Of course, many of you have heard Shelley Morrison passed away at the age of 83. What you may not realize is her extensive background in acting. She was on 56 episodes of The Flying Nun. She was in Partridge Family episode. Marcus Welby, M.D. she was in too. Three episodes of The Rookies. Uh, Max Dugan Returns. First and Ten she was in two episodes. Murder She Wrote she was in an episode. Courthouse series on TV in 1995. She was in, appears to be all five episodes. A Shark Tale, the movie, she was the voice of Mrs. Sanchez. She was in an episode of My Name is Earl. And of course, she will forever be remembered as Rosario Salazar on Will and Grace. IMDb credits her with 68 episodes of Will and Grace. And if you did not watch any of the revival season, and you would like to see an episode that truly pays tribute to Shelley Morrison, I cannot recommend enough the episode entitled Rosario's Quinceanera. It is where Rosario passed away, and Karen has to deal with it. It is funny, but it will bring tears to your eyes as well. Thank you, sweet angel Shelley Morrison, for all the joy you have given us. We will be forever grateful for your on-screen presence. Moving on. And it's hard to do after losing Shelley Morrison. But as I said at the top, there was an eel-powered Christmas tree. This comes from The Guardian. Flashy Fish Electric Eel Powers Tennessee Aquarium's Christmas Tree. The article reads, Visitors to the Tennessee Aquarium may be shocked to learn that the Christmas tree is being powered by an unusual an unusual renewable energy source, an electric eel. The flashy fish goes by the name of Miguel Watson and has his own Twitter account. A special system connected to Miguel's tank enables his naturally occurring shocks to power strands of lights on a nearby tree, the aquarium said in a news statement. Miguel releases low-voltage blips of electricity when he is trying to find food, aquarist Kimberly Hertz said. That translates to a rapid, dim blinking of the Christmas lights. When he is eating or excited, he emits higher voltage shocks which cause bigger flashes. Watson's Twitter account allows him to share tweets generated by his sparky self, courtesy of coding by Tennessee Tech University's iCube Center, an innovation unit for students and faculty. They combined electrical engineering and emerging business. An emerging business communication to give the eel a voice, Center Director Kevin Liska said. In between Miguel's tweets boosting statements like Shazam and 
Cablamero, a video posted to the account shows Miguel shaking in his tank as lights on the nearby trees sputter on and off. Definitely worth checking out. And I wish I was going to be at the aquarium. I will be in Tennessee this week, but I don't think I'll be able to get to the aquarium to see Miguel. Anyways, I just found it interesting that an eel can power the Christmas tree lights on a Christmas tree. Next up, Willie Nelson says he has stopped smoking pot because it almost killed him. This story comes from CNN. Country music icon Willie Nelson announced he is no longer smoking due to ongoing health and breathing issues. Nelson is known for singing the virtues of smoking pot and even has his own line of marijuana products. On Friday, he spoke to CNN affiliate KSAT in San Antonio, Texas, where he performed. I have abused my lungs quite a bit in the past, so breathing is a little more difficult these days and I have to be careful, Nelson, who's 86, said. Nelson had to postpone the tail end of his tour in August due to breathing issues. He resumed the tour the next month. I started smoking cedar bark, went from that to cigarettes to whatever, Nelson told KSAT. And that almost killed me. Now he says he's more conscientious about his health. I don't smoke anymore, take better care of myself. During the CMA Awards last month, Nelson performed with Casey Musgraves and at one point it appeared as though he was struggling for breath, but he did pull through the performance. Nelson isn't planning on stopping touring anytime soon. He told the local affiliate that singing for an hour on stage is the best exercise for his lungs. He also added that the tour bus is home to him. So, for those who think there's no adverse effects from smoking marijuana, just as smoking cigarettes filled with tobacco, there will be damage to your lungs. And next, another fascinating story from CNN. Ford is turning McDonald's coffee waste into headlights. Ford has tapped McDonald's to help it turn coffee and parts into car parts. Starting this year, Ford is incorporating coffee chaff, coffee bean skin that comes off during the roasting process, into the plastic headlamp housing used in some cars. It's Ask McDonald's, which doesn't roast its own coffee, to connect it with suppliers. In recent years, as consumers became become more concerned about plastic pollution and carbon emissions, companies have made sweeping commitments to reduce their impacts on the environment. They've also been developing innovative, sustainable materials to build consumer products. Traditionally, Ford uses plastic and talc to make its headlamp housing, explained Debbie Muelski, senior technical leader of materials sustainability for Ford. The coffee version is more sustainable because it's lighter and doesn't use the talc, which, uh, as a mineral, isn't renewable. Coffee chaff, on the other hand, is widely available, Muleski said, and much of it goes to waste. Eventually, Ford hopes to incorporate the material into more cars and use it for more parts. Ford decided to work with coffee chaff a few years ago, but it's been experimenting with organic materials for over a decade. The auto company has been using soy-based foam in and its cushions since 2011. It also uses waste from wheat, coconut, tomato, and other plants in its cars to, in order to help meet some of its sustainability goals, which include using more renewable materials. If you came to our lab, it looks somewhere between a landfill and a farm, Muelski said. Her team decided to examine the potential of coffee because the beverage is so ubiquitous. So, again, a major company 
trying to reduce the amount of pollution in the in the world, you have to applaud Ford for that one. No article to read on this one, but in case you haven't heard, smart TVs are now being warned for spying. The FBI has issued a statement saying that someone could tap into the camera on your smart TV to spy on you in your house. I have yet to have a smart TV that I've seen a camera on, but be aware, there is that potential. Next up, I have huge news from Forbes.com. An HIV vaccine by 2021? Here is what needs to happen. Wait for it. Wait for it. That's what the world has been doing ever since 1984 with the IT being an effective and safe HIV vaccine. That year, Margaret Heckler, then the U.S. Secretary of Health and Human Services, said in the press conferences, quote, We hope to have a vaccine and a vaccine ready for testing in about two years, and added, Yet another terrible disease is about to yield to patients, persistence, and outright genius. Those words offered some encouragement that an HIV vaccine could have been available for use before the end of the 1980s. Well, that prediction turned out to be off by, oh, about 30 years and counting. But after years of, wait for it, there is optimism that the legendary arrival of a real HIV vaccine could happen as soon as 2021. That's because there are now, count them, three different late-stage human clinical trials of HIV vaccine candidates underway. That's three more than in 1984, when scientists had just identified the human immunodeficiency virus, HIV, to the cause of acquired immunodeficiency syndrome, or AIDS. Ah, the 1980s were a time of native optimism in more ways than one. Identifying a virus by no means guarantees that an effective and safe vaccine can be developed anytime soon. But here we are, after decades of disappointments, eyeing three clinical trials named HVTN702, Mbokoto, and Mosaico. If you are wondering what HVTN is, besides being an unpronounceable strain of consonants, it is an acronym for the HIV Vaccine Trials Network. Here's what, where each of these trials currently stands. And if you would like to, you can go to the article. I'm not going to go through and read all these. It is at Forbes.com. It is the HIV vaccine. If you'd like to look it up, you're more than welcome. But hopefully, we will have a vaccine for HIV by 2021. Still more news. This comes from bbc.co.uk. Cosmic Crisp, a new apple that lasts for a year. Imagine eating an apple that's been hiding in your fridge for up to a year. Well, soon you might be able to, as a new apple has been developed to stand the test of time. The apple, called Cosmic Crisp, is reported to last for up to a year in the fridge and is going on sale today in the U.S. And today would have been December 1st. The new breed is a cross between the Honeycrisp and Enterprise and has been de described by Kate Evans, co-leader of the Apple's breeding program at Washington State University as, quote, firm, crisp, and juicy. So, for those of you who are like me and don't get to your fruit real quick, this might be a potential trial that you want to use. An apple that lasts for a year in your fridge. Hopefully it will be successful. 
Another article here from CNN, reduce cholesterol earlier in life to prevent heart problems later, according to studies. To prevent heart problems later in life, people 45 and younger with higher levels of bad cholesterol might want to change their eating and exercise habits or even talk to their doctor about medications such as statins, a new study says. The study published in the medical journal The Lancet on Tuesday is one of the most comprehensive analyses of the long-term risk of cardiovascular disease related to what's known as non-HDL cholesterol. Non-HDL cholesterol is your total cholesterol value minus your HDL or good cholesterol. Non-HDL cholesterol includes LDL or bad cholesterol that builds up in the walls of your arteries restricting blood and oxygen flowing to your heart and triglycerides, the fat carried in your blood from the food you eat. The study looked at the records of almost 400,000 people. Their ages ranged from 30 to 85 years and the patients came from 19 countries. They were tracked for a median of 13 and a half years. Looking at this data, the group that was most at risk for future heart problems related to non-HDL cholesterol were the people who were younger than 45 years old. The study found that women under the age of 45 with non-HDL cholesterol levels that were less than optimal had a 16% probability of having a non-fatal heart disease event or stroke by the time they turned 75. That's if the women had at least two additional cardiovascular risk factors, like they were overweight. For older women with the same risk factors, the risk was 12%. For men under 45 with those same risk factors, the risk was 29%. For men 60 and older, it was 21%. The increased risk in younger people could be due to the longer exposure to harmful lipids in the blood said Barbara Thorand, author of the study and researcher with the German Research Center for Environmental Health in Germany. Most cholesterol goal calculators and current cholesterol guidelines are based on a 10-year risk of having a heart attack. This study suggests that calculation could be underestimating the risk, but more research needs to be done. As always, a study it gives us good guideline, but does not give us a definite answer without more research but just things to keep in mind there finally some good news from Thanksgiving stories this comes from advocate.com Wisconsin Church hosts Thanksgiving for LGBTQ people who can't go home a church in Beloit Wisconsin hosted its third annual Thanksgiving dinner for LGBTQ locals who may be unable to celebrate with their biological families. The free event was organized by the Yellow Brick Road Advocacy Group and held at the first congregational held at the first congregational church in Beloit, a city of about 30,000 people in southern Wisconsin. Yellow Brick Road organizers told the local CNN affiliate that they held the event to give LGBTQ people rejected by their biological families a place to go. They can't go home to their families because of who they choose to be, so we give them a safe place to come have dinner and meet new people, said Yellow Brick Road President Jen Schuler. Having someone not accept you is really hard, but when it's someone is close with your family, it's much harder, added Yellow Brick Road leader Marilyn Shue. We all deserve a place at Thanksgiving at a Thanksgiving table where we feel loved and accepted. Thanksgiving is about coming together and giving thanks for those people we love in our life. We couldn't think of anyone else we would rather spend the stay with than you. Reads the event's description on Facebook. 
Organizers told, C, told the CNN affiliate that the event has grown over the years to include straight allies too. This is about equal rights. This is about a human. This is about being a human and having human decency towards one another," said Schuler. Yellow Brick Road hosts a number of other yearly events, including a costume ball in the spring and Pride Fest in the summer. Events like these can help LGBTQ people feel connected and supported in the face of ostracism. In a 2013 Pew survey, about 4 in 10 LGBTQ people reported being rejected by a friend or family member. LGBTQ youth are at a much higher risk of becoming homeless, and lesbian, gay, and bisexual adults who reported high levels of teenage rejection from parents were more likely to have attempted suicide, to have depression, and to use drugs than those who didn't, according to a study published in Pediatrics in 2009. So, in other words, this is the story of a church doing what a church should do, opening up to everybody and welcoming them. Thank you to Wisconsin Church, First Congregational Church in Beloit. This story comes from MSN.com. Richard Sherman pays off school's cafeteria debt. San Francisco 49ers cornerback Richard Sherman was in a giving mood when in a giving mood heading to into the holiday season. Days after being named the NFLPA Community MVP, Sherman took to Cabrillo Middle School in Santa Clara to write out a personal check worth $7,491.27 to clear the school's outstanding cafeteria bill. The last thing any child should have to worry about is being able to afford eating breakfast and lunch, Sherman said. Just last month, Sherman wrote a $20,000 check to the Tacoma Public Schools in Washington to relieve its students' lunch debt. His latest donation was met with applause from local school officials in Northern California. It's the most generous thing to happen for these kids. There's plenty in need and he didn't neglect them. It was, a perf it was the perfect way to give back and help them, the school's principal Stan Garber told ABC News on Thursday. About 60 students will benefit from the donation. It certainly is a time of giving around the NFL world right now. Sherman is just the latest example of this. And a final good news story from Thanksgiving, and another story of Celebrity Done Right. This comes from Uprocks.com. C opposed as a lottery winner and paid for shoppers Thanksgiving groceries at Walmart. The article reads, In addition to seeing loved ones and exchanging gifts, the holiday season is a time for doing good deeds and being kind to others. Sia clearly understands this because recently she decided to go undercover at Walmart and pay for a lot of other people's groceries. On Wednesday, September 27th, Sia posted up near the registers at a Walmart in Palm Springs. I'm thinking that's probably supposed to be Wednesday, November 27th. Sia posted up near the registers at a Walmart Palm Springs. She bought a home in Palm Springs towards the end of 2013 told everybody that she was a lottery winner named CeCe and paid for their groceries. Some of those who benefited from Sia's generosity posted about their experience on social media. Videos show her hopping from checkout to aisle to checkout aisle paying for people's purchases and one customer wrote, So, Sia paid for my groceries today. Thank you so much. The heart and beautiful soul you have for paying it for everyone. I'm sorry for telling everyone once I realized who you were but this kindness must be acknowledged. I'll agree.
kindness like that must definitely be acknowledged. And for the church, Richard Sermon, and Sia, I very much salute you and give you a huge round of applause. Thank you for doing Celebrity and Christianity Right. Well, that is it for my news this week. I will be back in just a moment with my review of School Ties. Stay tuned. Welcome back. It is now time for the review of School Ties from 1992. First off, the cast, which, of course, the star is the reason that I wanted to do this review today. Brendan Fraser turned 51 this past Tuesday on December 3rd. A happy belated 51st birthday to Brendan Fraser. The film also stars Matt Damon, Chris O'Donnell, Randall Battenkoff, Andrew Lowry, Cole Hauser, Ben Affleck in a supporting role, Anthony Rapp, Amy Locaine, Peter Donat, Zeljko Ivanek, which if you don't know the name, you will know the face, I promise you, Kevin Teague, Michael Higgins, Ed Lauder, and Peter McRobbie. The film is set in 1955, which is indicated in the film as Brendan Fraser is driving through town at the beginning, and you see the billboard for Rebel Without a Cause playing at the theater. The premise of the story is that Brendan Fraser plays a quarterback for high school who is Jewish. He gets offered his senior year to come to St. Matthew's Academy, which is a Catholic high school, to play football. His coach gives him the warning of keeping things to himself that may not need to be mentioned. And it just shows a very sad time period in our history. You have to think this was 10 years removed from World War II. The, the time setting, not the film itself, of course. And attitudes towards Jewish people were flat out terrible. Now, we had to help liberate Jewish people from the concentration camps of Hitler. And 10 years later, we're treating them horribly. It just doesn't make sense to me. And of course, we still see this kind of nonsense today. So the film remains relevant. It does show how anyone in a minority that can will hide their feelings, will hide their true selves to be able to fit in and be accepted which is something that nobody should ever have to do. You should always be able to be yourself and still be accepted. It definitely plays on those themes. It is a story-driven drama, which 
for me personally, the best films are story-driven dramas. Action films are great. Horror films are great. Comedies are great. But you will never find the depth of a film that you will find in a story-driven drama. And this film has a lot of depth to it. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were six years away from Goodwill Hunting. They were not names in the industry yet. There's a lot of scenes of camaraderie. You will find out as the film goes along. Of course, they're going to find out that he is Jewish, and that becomes an issue. If you have not seen this film, definitely do yourself a favor and watch it. It once again proves Brendan Fraser's acting ability. It shows why he was so popular at one point. I still don't know why Brendan Fraser is not popular to this day. His acting has not suffered. And if you have watched the Doom Patrol, yeah, it's mostly voice acting, but you will see he's still got it. He is still able to pull off the role. There was the talk of him being black or blackballed at one point. I don't know if it's true. I do know that anytime Brendan Fraser's in a movie, it tends to be a good film. And why School Ties? Honestly, it's because Voodoo had a special sale last week where you could add three movies for, I believe it was $9.99 HD. And School Ties was one of the options. I bought it. And I was like, why not watch it again? It was a great movie. I seem to have a better opinion of it than the other critics out there. IMDb ranks it 6.9 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes gave it 60%. And Metacritic gave it a 65. I would put this on the rate of 100 as these are going... I would put it about an 80-85. This film is really good. The story is good. The content is well developed. The acting is strong. You believe these characters. You care for these characters. Which is what a film should do. But that is my review for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you have, again, if you have not seen School Ties, it is rated PG-13. There are some thematic elements in it. But you definitely need to do yourself a favor and watch School Ties. But that's all for this week. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. And I will talk to you next week. Goodbye, everybody.